What's the tea, friend? My name's Hunter Donia, industry business educator for hairstylists, but my friends just call me Hunty. Whether it be growing your clientele, making more money, or automating and streamlining your systems, in the next 20 minutes or so, you'll be hearing realistic, actionable strategies to create a beautiful career for yourself behind the chair. So if you're ready to get into it, welcome to the Modern Hairstylist Podcast. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the Modern Hairstylist Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today's episode. Today, I, you know what? We've had a very, we've had a handful of financial conversations on this podcast. And I know that it's not something that I normally bring to the table myself because I don't consider myself to be the expert. Um, and that's why I bring amazing experts on here to talk about that stuff with you. And so today we have Brianna Barrow. What's going on? How are you, Brianna? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain at all. I'm super excited to have you here today on the Modern Hairstylist podcast. And before we started recording, I was telling you how much I appreciate the fact that, you know, there are people out here like you who are bringing this knowledge to the industry and then furthermore, helping them and assisting them in financial literacy and, you know, becoming a business owner who is smart with their money, right? And making sure that all the taxes and paying and budgeting is all that stuff, all that scary, big, fancy stuff that we didn't realize that we were getting into mm-hmm. when we uh, went to beauty school and we created our own businesses and we went independent, whatever it may be. I'm really appreciative appreciate you bringing that knowledge to the table. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you, if you, in your own words, if you wouldn't mind, and then uh, tell us how you got into doing what you are doing now today with us. Yeah. So my name is Brianna Barrow and I am in Charlotte, North Carolina. And where do I start? So let's go back to 2009, right? So 2009 is where I actually, um, is when I actually got my cosmetology license. So I went to cosmetology school between 2007 and 2009. My high school had a program where you go to high school half a day and then you go to cosmetology the other half. So I did that. Um, And right after I finished, you know, I think that I can speak for all of us when we say we have all these great ideas of what we want to do. And I kind of got into it and I'm like, ooh, I had so many questions. You know, I've worked for multiple corporate salons. So I saw how that was running, but I couldn't see how to actually implement that for myself. Like these big chain salons versus little old me, you know? There were really no no one to answer questions that I have as far as, you know, tax time. I'm trying to do the right thing, right? How come everyone else is getting a refund and I owe money? Mm. You know, what is what does that look like for me? How do I actually build a sustainable business? You know, where I'm able to take care of myself as I grow if I ever want a family. So I decided very, very early on that I wanted to go to school for accounting and finance because I also question every single thing in every single body <laughs> for the most part. So I decided to go to um, Old Dominion University because I need to know answers and I didn't like the answers I was getting from everybody else. So I said, I'm going to go straight to the source to get my four year degree. Um, and after that, I joined Corporate America where I wanted to learn how money works, like not just the book, but the knowledge piece. So I was in financial services. Um, So I did a lot of real life things as far as a mortgage lender, um, accountant, taxes, an auditor for a financial institution. So I have a lot of background in how to get a mortgage. What are they looking for? So all of these things that I've accumulated over the years. But during this time, of course, I went to cosmetology school. So guess what? Most of my friends and family members were also in the industry. So I was kind of also, I was kind of doing the, you know, everybody does the business before they do the business. 
Right. Right. So I was kind of in that mode um, where I was helping everyone else. And I really, really loved the back end of how to explain things in, in layman's terms when it comes to helping my friends and family um, understand financial literacy. So yeah, that's where it kind of sprouted from. And a little over three years ago, I decided to start the business after having um, my daughter, my first baby, and, mm-hmm. you know, start thinking about purpose for my life and what I wanted to do. <laughs> and it was like a wake up call. And my husband was like, so what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to do it. So here we are. Yeah. I love that. Congratulations on your journey and where you are today. That is a massive amount of experience. And I think that people don't realize like how broad like the term of just like finance is and how many little subsets of that there are. I think that people, I think that people have an expectation like to hire a CPA and then they think like the CPA is going to help them with the bookkeeping, the taxes, um, the investment advice, right? Financial advisement and like mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And it's such a broad range of things when in reality, like there's so many little topics that we, that you could get into. And I'm assuming that because you had so much um, diverse experiences, right. And how you've worked with it, that you've been able to learn like so much. Yeah. It's funny that you said that because it was yesterday I was on, um, a best fit chat. So a best fit chat is where you book a call with me. I learn more about you and your beauty business mm-hmm. and I share how we can help you grow. And someone asked me, you know, I'm a little confused about what an accountant is because I, I currently thought I had one, but based on this conversation, I don't even know what she's even giving me. Right. You know? And I was just like, honestly, before I even delve into what we do, I'm just going to say you're a stylist, right? She's like, yeah. I said, oh, okay. So you do color. She's like, well, I'm not a, I'm not a colorist. Oh, okay. So you focus on natural hair. Oh, uh, no, I do extensions. Exactly. That's the same exact thing. Right. Mm. So we're in this society where everyone is like niched. Right. Everyone has a niche. Every knowing how to do, you can't be a master at something if you specialize in every single thing. Right. So, um, you have to look at accountants like that as well. Uh, an accountant is a broad term. But it doesn't mean, you know, the person that does your taxes, that doesn't mean that they can tell you how to pay less money in taxes. Those are two different specialties, you know, and that doesn't mean that they have the experience to understand your business. So a lot of traditional accountants, they don't have experience. They don't know your bad habits, how you collect that cash tips and you put it in your pocket and you go to Starbucks and spend it. You know, they don't have, I used to do that. Everybody does that. Right. So they don't have, they don't know, you know, how you spend your money, where you spend your money. Um, So it's, it's good that there are now accountants that are in the beauty industry niche that wants to focus on that because it's completely different from a, from so many other industries. Totally. Very much so. And so, I mean, and even like, even some accountants may not feel comfortable really uh or even be good at teaching you how to pay yourself and what you should be budgeting for within a specific beauty space right in a beauty business and so that's specifically what uh what i think that the listeners would really love to hear from you today and what i think that would be great for this episode that we have today and i know that like for me personally this is something that i continuously struggle with i'm a person who i'm really conservative with the amount of money that i like leave in my business versus like the amount of money that i actually 
take. And I never know, like, if I'm taking too much and I've always been too nervous to take too much or, like, not have that, like, or or not know if I should be, like, investing more of this into the business versus into my personal life. It's a very confusing situation for me personally. And I know it is for the majority of stylists that are out there, especially if they're independent. And so considering, you know, like, the topic of how to pay yourself, right, as a beauty professional, where do you think that we can begin with the conversation? I think it really, (laughs) I think it honestly really begins with one of the questions that I always ask is, tell me a little bit about your personal finances. So forget about your business, right? Do you have an, are you like me? You have a Excel spreadsheet that my husband hates. Are you like you ate out too much this month? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, like let's really bring it personal, right? Because your business has to serve your personal needs at the end of the day. So we got to start with the personal. Do you have a budget? Do you care about a budget? Are you a spender? Because if you are a spender and you don't have a budget and you're kind of just, you know, winging it, there is no way possible you're going to get the business side right. Right. So you really have to be disciplined. So one of the first things that we start with is before we even get to, you know, cleaning up your books and understanding what's going on in your business, while we're doing that in the backhand, I need you to give me a personal budget. I need you to like really delve into because if I ask you how much money do you need to survive each month, what do you need to live, take care of your family, you're going to give me an answer, but it's not. It's going to be like this roundabout answer. And you're going to be like, uh, well, I think I need a round. It's, it's, it's not a concrete answer, right? Because right? a lot of people don't measure it. So first, you have to have that self-accountability and also the discipline to be like, man, I really got to get in control of this thing, right? So personal budget. And then, no one wants to hear this, right? But you got to figure out how much money is coming in, which is should be easy because if you're using a booking site, right? Because we're relying on systems, then you have the amount of money that comes in. Of course, you may have some, you know, some cash here and there, but You have your system to tell you how much money is coming in, but you have to equate for what's going out. And that's the piece. I know this sounds so simple and everyone knows to do this, but they just don't, right? It's like one of those things that's like, I don't have time for it. When it comes to how much money you owe in taxes, this is the formula. Revenue minus expenses equals taxable income. How much you bring in minus how much goes out is based on how much, you know, what your overall, the the amount of money that they tax you on, right? So let's say you bring in $100,000 and you have $50,000 worth of expenses. Then you are taxed on the $50,000. But let's say you brought in $100,000, you haven't tracked in your tax time is due, your tax preparer is like, I need this information or you're going to get penalties. And you're just like, okay, I got $30,000. Well, now you're taxed on 70. You know, so it actually costs you not to know how much money goes out. But that's very important when it comes to paying yourself because you need to pay yourself and you need to, I like to call allocate your money based on what's left over. So there's three ways in a nutshell that you should be kind of divvying up your money. You have to set aside money to pay yourself, set aside the appropriate amount for taxes and the appropriate amount to reinvest in yourself. And these are all percentages that I can give you like the basic percentages, but they really depend on 
how fast you want to grow, right? So I know we want to focus on paying ourselves 50%, 60%, but how are we really going to grow if we aren't putting money back into our businesses for accountants, coaches, systems, better product, additional streams of income? You know, so you got you to gotta budget, self-accountability. If you don't have self-accountability, that's when people like me come in, get accountability. It's going to be cheaper to have someone help you than you do it yourself. Because you're going to be cheating yourself and really understanding what's going on and know what your goals are so that you can know what you need to actually do. It's kind of hard to reverse. If you're used to paying yourself $3,000, you get within the account and they're like, oh, you need to pay yourself $2,000 a month. You're like, oh, can't breathe. Like, how am I going to survive? Because you kind of started out wrong. So it's hard to self-correct when you're kind of going down the wrong path from the beginning. Okay, so. I love, okay, love so many things that you said. And I think number one is, you know, people just don't look at it. Um, I think people don't look at it for number one, like the numbers either are like overwhelming for them. Mm-hmm. Number two, they will say like, I'm just too busy for that. Or like, I have other things to worry about <laughs> when in reality, it's probably like the number one most important thing. Mm-hmm. And then number three, I think what also comes up and you tell me if you say, see the same thing is a lot of fear of confronting the money, right? And confronting the profit and what's actually coming in and what's going out as well too. I think I hear from a lot of stylists that they really run from looking at these numbers for all of the reasons above. But a lot of it really does just come from like fear of of themselves and what they might have to face and and all of that, all of that. Do you do you have you seen that in in clients or people who you speak to? Every single person. I mean, no one yeah. likes, think about it as, I like to give analogies, right? So let's stop talking about money. Cause if that's overwhelming, let's not think about, let's not think about it as money. Let's think about it as getting in shape, right? Can't, do you know what to do? Yes. You know what you need to do, but do you do it? You really don't hold yourself accountable. Most people like me. Until you get like someone, you're paying so you're paying a gym, you're paying a trainer, right? But even with that trainer, every session you go to them, you get like a little nervous because you're like, oh, they're gonna make me work hard today. You first start out, you know, you dry heave and dry throat all scratching, you all hot and all these things. So it's not comfortable for anybody at all. But it's something that it absolutely has to be done. And the fear is knowing the truth and actually taking that self accountability to say we want better, but we have to do better. Like, am I really, someone actually said on a call, we were finished. I said, this is what we can do for you. She said, can we follow a, can we do a schedule, follow a, a schedule, a follow up in a week? I said, sure. She said, I have to decide what type of adult I want to be. And I, I cracked up laughing and I said, no one's ever, ever said that, but I think that's what they're thinking. Right. And she's like, this is what I need. It's definitely what I need. But I know the things that you're going to have me do are going to make me uncomfortable because I know that I'm in a hole. And I'm going to, I know someone can help me, but it's just, do I, am I ready to face that? So yeah, everyone fears it for sure. That is like so insightful. And I, 
are you really afraid of like the numbers and the overwhelm of the numbers or are you afraid of the truth <laughs> right yeah. and are you afraid of uh, are you afraid of having to confront the truth and then actually holding yourself accountable to doing something mm-hmm. about it right and and i think that like you said it's uncomfortable for everybody and what i always say is is you know i'm here to support you and i love you and i know that you didn't really understand this when you got into it but when you signed up to be independent you signed up to be a ceo you signed up to be a business owner and being a business owner is uncomfortable a lot of the time a lot of the time and these are the uncomfortable things that we just have to uh, work through and sometimes the uncomfortability is not going to go away but it's so important that you learn how to work through it if you truly want to grow and sustain yourself right so i love that the other thing that you brought up was it might, so like, I feel like what, what the ideal situation for people would be is to just have like, okay, these are the percentages and I'm just going to stick to these percentages for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be simple and easy. I freaking am obsessed. And I've never heard anybody say it before. I am obsessed with the fact that you said it's going to depend on the season of business and what your goals are that you are in right now for the different types of allocations to each of those percentages. I think it is so brilliant to, and, and, and very important for people to be aware of the way that you are allocating these funds is going to be completely dependent on where you are at right now, Mm -hmm. how the world is moving, and then what you are looking to achieve in the future, right? So uh, do you mind going deeper into that? Because I just think it's like, or you don't even have to go deeper. I just want to point out that it's really (laughs) important for people to for people to realize. Someone made a statement to me and they were, we, we, they were a tax client. They are a tax client. It was our first year last year doing, doing their um, taxes. And they said after, you know, they owed money. And they're like, well, why do I owe? Because honestly, no one talks about owing taxes on Instagram. I love and hate the internet at the same time because no one tells you 100% the truth. They're just telling you what they want you to hear or perceive them as, right? Um, and owing money isn't sexy. So, you know, no one really talks about it. But she said, had I known what I know now, I might have waited to start my business. And this is where she went, where most people go wrong. They start a business to pay their bills. <laughs> now, that might sound it Let me back this up. Let me back this up real quick. Right? <laughs> they start a business to pay their bills. So let's say you work in a nine to five and you make $4,000 a month, right? Like your paycheck, $4,000 a month after taxes. When you get a business, you're like, man, if I can just bring in four or $5,000, I'm good. Mm. Right? So you have no real savings. You have you didn't even build properly build the business before letting go your nine to five that you were working. There's no backup plan. So now you're in survival mode. Yup. And you end up spending, like say if you make, for one, you have business expenses, right? So even if you bring in that amount of money, you're not going to be able to pay yourself that amount of money. And the thing about the beauty business is we have good months and bad months, right? Yeah. So you could be making a consistent 5K a month. And then next thing you know, it's holiday time and you're making 9K a month. And next thing you know, you're paying yourself more because you're like, oh, this is a good month. But you're really borrowing from the profit from previous bad months. Does that does that make sense? So that's why a lot of the time when we have clients, they're like, we work with previous accountants and they only showed us a profit and loss statement. And I never understood how that works because it doesn't make sense. 
So your profit and loss statement has your business revenue minus your business expenses. So it can say your profit is 5K a month, but that's never going to be the amount that's in your account because it doesn't account for what you pay yourself because what you pay yourself is not a business expense unless you're a corporation, right? right? So it will, it will never get into your head and match like what your reality is. That's why, you know, whatever you're using, Vagaro may say one thing, your profit and loss says another and your bank account says I'm struggling. You know, a lot of people say during our best fit chats, I really feel like I'm hanging on by a thread. I know for a fact that I'm making money, but where is my money going? Or the famous one, I want to be able to pay myself more. But by the time they become a client, I'm like, sweetie, you've paid yourself. You just wanted to pay yourself more. So you you did pay your bills, right? You you stopped at that Starbucks that wasn't a business expense. You you went to that I had a I had a, a client that went to like uh like Gucci and, and bought something. I'm like, man, what is this? You know, so you've paid yourself. So we have to be real with ourselves and like really determine like really what are we doing? Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a combination of things, but at the end of the day, it's really about self accountability. Totally. It's really it's about self accountability, and almost none of us wants to have that. Right. Very at nice. the at the end of the day, so yeah. It, I mean, it's so true because it's not fun, no, <laughs> but no. it's so essential and important. Yeah. You know what? It's like you have to work through the uncomfortability to to get to the fun stuff. <laughs> you know, like you have to do that stuff first. I mean, I so like I'm in the mode of like. And everybody will, you know, at one point of their business, if they're growing successfully and strategically, I'm in the mode of like um, scaling, right? And like going through a whole new set of challenges. And it is so much more boring and so much more painful and uncomfortable than like getting this up and running from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And I just keep telling myself like, this is the stupid, boring, uncomfortable, having to hold myself accountable to it, not giving up stuff. That is going to allow me and and um, grant me the fun stuff later, you know. Yeah. And I think that it's important that people still like like always replay that message, especially when it comes to handling their finances and you know having self control and accountability for themselves. One hundred percent. I definitely agree. I, I and I want to make this comment if we if I can have a second coming. Sure, absolutely. Um, I think it's very important to understand what type of business you have, right? So a lot of people's first goal is six figures, which is $100,000, right? But if I really broke down how much you need after taxes, you need more than 100000 in today's time, right? So it just depends on, you know, every every niche has different overhead. Right. Does that make sense? Like there are some Absolutely. niches that have more expenses than others. Yep. You know, so even before you decide to start a business, most people don't do it. Or very early on, you need to determine what kind of business that I do I have? You know, is my business 50% profitable? 50% profitable means you make 100,000, you have 50,000 in profit before taxes. Yeah. Does that feel comfortable for you? Cuz for most it it doesn't. Right. You know, so in reality, we got to understand our situations so that we aren't going through the year blind, you know, and we're just paying ourselves and you're paying your, a lot of times you get in a hole because you're paying yourself money that belongs to the government. Well, we don't have to overpay Uncle Sam, but we do have to give him his fair share because when we work for someone else, 
guess what? They took it. We didn't even have a choice. Before that direct deposit hit, it was gone. Right. You know, so we, we have to still have that discipline as business owners to, totally. to do that. So we take into account, right, our personal goals and our personal fi- uh, our personal needs, I guess, for money and making sure that we're paying ourselves and being able to pay our bills and all the things, right? And then I guess we take into consideration what season of business we're in and what goals we're what goals we have, and whether this is a season of business where it's like or life, I guess you could say, where it's like, I need to not invest too much into the business right now. I need to put more money into my personal life for this reason or that reason, or vice versa. I'm in growth mode. I need to invest in coaches, um, a better client experience. So that could look like upgraded amenities, um, a better technology, uh, whatever it may be, right? Um, to be able to grow the business to, you know, in, in the long run, make more money, right? We, we decide that. And then how do you like split it all up? Like, how do you, where, where do we go from there? I guess. Yeah. So after, you know, each month when we are tracking what comes in and comes out, you can't, you can't skip that, that part. You can't skip that. That's the part that's like skipped that, that part has to be done and correctly because even for expenses, I have people ask me the craziest things. And I'm like, that is not a business expense, ma'am. What are, what are we really doing? You know, so really learn and educate yourself on what a business expense is for one. But after you track it, right, and you figure out what's left over, you have 100% of that, right? So you divvy it up. So you have your taxes is generally around 30%. Then you have 70% left. How are you going to divvy up that 70%? You know, what are your goals? If you want to coach... How much is that coach? You know, how much do you need to save? How quickly do you want to obtain the services of that coach? So it really just depends on, you know, after taxes, how do I split up the amount of money that goes towards paying myself and the amount of money that goes towards investing back into my business, whether it's for better product. It can be literally for anything, whatever you want to do. And again, I hate even giving percentages because... What if you're in Texas and you don't have state taxes? You know, we can't forget there's two different taxes, right? So I'm saying 30%, but that doesn't mean it's 30% for you. These are just general, you know, general numbers. So generally, most people do 30% for taxes and they'll they'll want to do like 50% for themselves and then the remaining um, 20% for savings. But that's not, that's not efficient. So I always say at least... Especially depending on if you're in growth mode or you're just starting out, you want to be conservative and paying yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And you want to do at least 35%, 30 to 35% in savings so that you can reinvest back into your business. The more profit you have, the more you can save, the more you can pay yourself. So you want to make more, you want to see more money in your bank account, you want to bring home more money, you got to make more money. They have less money going out so that you can have more profit. I love that. This has been so good, Brianna. Thank you so freaking much. (laughs) I'm like over here like, yes, for everything. And it really, you really do have a great knack for breaking this down into layman's terms. Like, so freaking good. So thank you so much for that. And I know that like stylists and people like me who like are so like, I'm, I'm like, 
I call, I call myself pretty scrappy. I can like, I can get into anything and I can like learn and I can teach myself. But when it comes to finances, I'm like, let me let the professionals handle this and then help me <laughs> out. Right. So I just really appreciate you breaking things down like, like this crazy stuff to people like me who need a little bit of extra handholding. If for the person who's listening to this right now, right, let's say that they are somebody who has kind of just been like ignoring their finances as far, or maybe they don't have the clarity that they wish that they had after listening to this episode, what do you think are the actionable steps that they should go ahead and take to really discover what their budget is for paying themselves moving forward? Um, The first step is asking yourself, do you really want better and are you willing to do it? I mean, I know that sounds like so basic. And the reality after that is what are you going to do to to do better, right? So are you are you going to reach out? L- let me say this too when I say reach out to an accountant, right? Not all account every accountant is different, right? So for us, of course we have monthly clients, right? Where we take care of everything for them. But we also do consulting. So you can reach out to us and maybe you don't need us every month. Maybe you need us for just a 90 minute clarity call. Maybe you need us for three months just to get a good foundation and a grip to figure out what's going on. You know, so you have to ask yourself, like, do I have the discipline to even want to sit down, make the time, figure out what's going on and then move forward? Or should I just be reaching out to someone because they're the expert so that I can get what I need in a short amount of time and get the results even sooner. So I would say we, we got to be adults, figure out if you really want this or not, and then find someone to reach out to that can help you get to the place quicker that you need to be. I always say to people, I'd rather you um, sacrifice a little bit more of your time doing the thing that you do best And using that extra time that you sacrificed to make money doing what you do best, because that's what you're the expert at, to take that money and pay somebody to do the thing that you do not do best, in which you'd be spending that time doing anyway, right? Mm -hmm. Spending a lot of time doing anyway, like the same amount of time that it could take you to do two extra, let's say, color services in a month to be able to pay for an expert to help you. Mm -hmm. And that same amount of time, you'd be sitting at home trying to figure out all this finance stuff yourself and not doing it optimally, right? And not getting it done quickly. And so why not just go behind the chair during that same amount of time, make money doing the thing that you know and love, right? Take that money that you use that time for and then pay somebody who's going to be able to do it optimally and have their job, you know, the, the, the thing that they are best at. You know what I mean? Like I would so much rather somebody sacrifice that time, make a little bit of extra money, take two extra clients in a, in a month to be able to afford something like this because it just makes sense. Like it just, if this is not what you feel really confident doing yourself, I think that that's the best way to go about it. Truly. My, that's my tea. <laughs> I don't know if you agree with I'm sure that you agree with me. And it's true. So when we talk to clients or potential clients and they ask us like, okay, so what does this look like for me? I do the same thing that you just did. We just break it down per client. Right. So if I yep. give you an X amount of dollars, it's like they're taking it back a little bit like, OK, I got to figure out, you know, how to make that happen. And then we start talking about pricing for their clients, for example. And I'm like, oh, well, that's really one client. 
Right. That's really two clients. And if you're doing 20 clients a month, you can sacrifice one or two. 100%. Right? If I'm going to help you get from 20 clients to 30. Exactly. But people don't understand. I'm a, I, I can understand your business once I know what's going on financially. Your money tells a story. Mm. So if you do choose the right accountant, it's not about just an expense that you pay. You're supposed to get that money right. back. An accountant, not a bookkeeper. Now, that's, a, that's different. Bookkeeper just... This is what's coming in and out, and that's it. There's no strategy. There's no nothing with it. Find a good accountant. Invest in yourself. You won't regret it. And you don't want to do it anyway. I mean, honestly, you don't. It's going to take you so much longer because you don't. You're not excited to do it. Totally. Very yeah. much so. So, if people want to work with you, Brianna, um, if people want to learn more from you, where they where can they go do that? Yeah, they can actually click the link in my bio. Okay. Um, my Instagram on Instagram it's uh the beauty biz CFO so the beauty biz B I Z CFO and book a best fit chat and once we book the chat then we'll talk about what's going on um with your business where you are what your goals are and then how we can meet that need. Beautiful, I love it. Make sure to go check Brianna out. Brianna, thank you so much for spilling the tea with me today. I really do appreciate it. This was so insightful for me, and I know it will be for all of our listeners. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for what you're doing for the beauty industry. It has been a pleasure having you here, and I look forward to further working with you later. Maybe we'll have to have you come back on the Modern Hair Styles podcast to spill, spill some more tea about this finance stuff that we all hate. <laughs> thank you. Beautiful. All right, my friend, thank you so much for tuning into the Modern Hair Status Podcast. Make sure to check out all the links in the description of this podcast episode. I'll make sure to leave uh, Brianna's Instagram there and uh, her website or maybe her link tree possibly. And make sure to leave a five-star testimonial if you enjoyed this episode and if you believe that more beauty professionals such as yourself need this information as much as I do because it will really help us reach more people. So thank you so much. Thanks for tuning into the Modern Hair Status Podcast. Peace out, Girl Scout. Bye-bye. Hey friend, thank you for tuning into the Modern Hairstylist Podcast. My mission here is to help you streamline the operations in your business as much as possible so you can grow with ease and less overwhelm. At the center of all that I teach is all about embracing technology and what it can do for us nowadays. Technology such as digital forms. Digital forms are the core foundation of all that I teach and preach to, and that's why it's so important for us to be using the right software with the right capabilities to carry out all that we need them to. And that's exactly why I partner with and teach to using JotForm. JotForm is a full-feature online form builder that makes it easy to create robust forms and collect important data. It's trusted by over 15 million users worldwide, such as nonprofits, educational institutions, enterprises, small businesses such as us, and so much more. JotForm is a gateway to gathering better information to power your business, and with the right guidance and mentorship, JotForm can absolutely transform the way you do business by automating and streamlining the way you interact with your clients. So if you're ready to get started with JotForm and really truly see how digital forms can transform your business, check out the show notes of this episode for a direct link to get signed up with JotForm. Enjoy all those new digital forms you're able to create now, and I will catch you in the next episode.